Welcome back. Today I am talking with a number of Bush School students, uh, continuing a discussion on the role that technology may play in helping improve decision making or harming decision making in public service. Uh, at this point you have heard one conversation that we've already had and we're picking up with a couple others. So today I'm with a group of three students that you will hear from shortly and um, they have prepared a report uh, looking at these issues, looking at when we should utilize technology and some of its potential ramifications. But before we go any further on that, I will ask the team members to please introduce themselves. Madison Moore. Mariam Chichladze. And Zachary Weimer. And we should mention that one group member is unable to be with us today, but her work also contributed to this project, and that would be Kim Vanley. So you were tasked with trying to create ways or think about ways that to utilize technology intelligently in improving decision making. So how did you start going about addressing this question? Well, the first thing we did was actually talk about uh, how technology has been changing over time. Essentially, the answer is increasingly quickly. We were in a period of fairly slow development in our early species history where you could measure epochs by our mastery of stone, bronze, iron, steel, etc. And it's accelerated to the point that in recent centuries we've gone from first controlled powered flight to landing on the moon in a single lifetime, 66 years. Um, so part of the adjustment and learning how to use technology is not just understanding what technologies are out there but also being flexible and being prepared enough for the rapidity of that change. Uh, that being said, when we were looking at different technologies that are kind of coming down the pike uh, for administrators, one of the big ones is artificial intelligence, AI. Uh, so we've outlined what different kinds of AI there are and the current strengths and weaknesses of it and tried to predict appropriate ways that this particular technology can be used since it's likely to be one of the most significant in the near future. So you focused specifically on AI. What are some of the characteristics or features of AI that made it important or useful to you to focus most of your efforts on? Well, for one, it has the potential to be, as some authors have put it, the last invention man ever <coughs> needs to make. Um, in the case of a true strong AI, especially one that actually does succeed in, in developing a super intelligence, it's going to be one of the most impactful technologies uh, ever invented. It, it, it is literally something beyond which we have difficulty predicting because we don't even understand the ways that it's going to change the world. Um, and today it's becoming so prevalent that most of us are accompanied with an AI of some form uh, nearly constantly. We, we don't have a strong AI yet, although some machines like Watson and other predictive uh, computers sometimes seem like they're getting close. But if you reach into your pocket and say, hello Google, or hi Cortana, or okay Siri, and something answers you, you're talking to a weak AI, just an algorithm that's predictive that can respond to simple uh, stimulus response and simplifies complex tasks, uh, mostly information management in that context. But um, it is pervasive, and only increasingly so. And so the idea is that artificial intelligence, um, which is my understanding, is mostly the more recent versions are functions of machine learning and probabilistic statistical learning, um, are becoming more general in their ability to tackle a variety of kind of narrow tasks that might improve 
the quality of decisions that people make, for example. And to, to your point, this is something that people are already using quite regularly. It's become part of our lives, even without maybe us explicitly identifying mm -hmm. the roles in which it plays. And Go ahead. Further, it's, it's likely, and we say, and I think in our paper, inevitable that it's going to be adopted in the course of administration and public decision making because the sorts of tasks that government is tasked with, especially individual administrators, are almost ideal for the application of, of artificial intelligence, both strong and weak. They are clearly defined. They have to do with management of wide data sets. They have a clear set of rules and procedures that are expected to be followed very precisely. And so these are the sort of tasks that could very realistically be effectively programmed into an AI. One of the other things that you talk about uh, over and above just the specific capabilities of the technology is the uh, in the same domain where you're talking about where some of the tasks are clearly defined, can use large data sets. Um, you highlight in your report a couple of broad types of decisions that public servants make, and you talk a little bit about quality assurance, evaluation, service, and so I can see some ways where this overlaps with kind of the uh, the types of tasks you were just highlighting, but could you tell me a little bit more about what you were what you're talking about in your report when you talk about the types of decisions that public servants make? Mm -hmm. um, well, um, I will try to integrate that part with uh, um, the um, discussion about the utilization of uh, technology uh, together because they uh, quite they are quite intertwined. Um, one way to see how um, technology can improve uh, public administration and decision making is to uh, take theoretical frameworks uh, which um, brings understanding of uh, what should be uh, how decision makers in public service and public servants should be uh, completing their tasks uh, which differs across hierarchical level on lower level uh, they have um, uh, different uh, goals and tasks to complete as we move upper to a hierarchical level they have more complex issues to deal with uh, and the burden of responsibility also increases uh, but overall what is uh, clear is that they use public resources to, de to uh, deliver public services and in delivering public services um, uh, is technology uh, helpful or not that's the question so if we take some theoretical frameworks that evaluate public servants performance in uh, completing their tasks and achieving their goals and uh, add technological component there we might uh, go through um, uh, relevant analysis uh, mm -hmm. about the technology and uh, of course um, uh, many um, uh, scholars suggest such uh, frameworks uh, one of them is used uh, in our paper which is efficiency uh, the criteria are efficiency effectiveness um, and equity we uh, chose those uh, three and uh, applied uh, we firstly analyzed um, identified what types of tasks uh, um, public servants do and uh, if efficiency, effectiveness and uh, equitability can be improved and can be increased uh, through decision making by employing more technology, more um, sophisticated uh, technology. And let's uh, go through, through e each of them. Um, when it comes to uh, efficiency, that's, uh, that's something uh, which um, should be evaluated through the criteria of um, uh, what cost uh, does it does it uh, bring to do this or that task? Um, how costly it is? How, how large scale um, this task, um, um, large scale effort uh, this task um, requires from public servants, from humans uh, who are completing the task, and so on. So efficiency is something that. Uh, um, 
analyzes uh, how much uh, can be done with less efforts, uh, with less uh, human resources or money resources, let's say so. And uh, many studies uh, in um, uh, in this realm say that uh, if humans are outperformed by artificial intelligence and, um, uh, and modern technologies in terms of completing tasks efficiently. Um, for um, to be more precise about what type of tasks they, they can be, it's um, a number of uh, things uh, public servants do ev on everyday basis, on daily basis. So this is, uh, um, for example, answering questions, um, providing services to people by not only answering questions, but also giving them information, also detecting frauds uh, in number of uh, areas, uh, also searching for documents, routing, routing the requests, depending on the specificity of the task itself, and many, many more. Um, and uh, uh, what we saw is that uh, um, uh, we, all, every time when the humans are completing such kind of task, there is a high probability of human error. Uh, and um, these human errors can be addressed by uh, or even eliminated uh, by artificial intelligence. And we have a number of examples to prove the, um, that uh, this point should be true. Um, for example, something that Zach mentioned already, um, IBM's uh, Watson uh, artificial intelligence big platform, which um, which uh, combines number of public services. For example, a city government can uh, is responsible to um, uh, to complete and uh, integrate in one system uh, so that it can uh, learn uh, thousands of documents, then answer thousands of questions of citizens, and um, aggregate th immense amount of information. So it will, if it were in the hands of humans, it would be done, but uh, in a lower scale, in a, a way much slower, and with a higher price. Um, so uh, in that regard, efficiency, um, efficiency is achieved um, through the use of technology. Uh, another criteria, as mentioned, was uh, effectiveness, how uh, better quality can uh, a public servant guarantee in completing his or her task uh, is, uh, how, is the measure, how he or she is effective as a public servant, right? Uh, so uh, artificial intelligence also there can be um, um, successfully utilized and uh, technology overall, big data, and we should not only talk about artificial intelligence uh, with its narrow definition, it's um, uh, technology overall. Um, IA-driven algorithms, uh, for example, uh, can synthesize immense amount of data which would be very hard for a human to aggregate, analyze, and draw the conclusions from. It would be, it would include a lot of uh, human errors, a lot of um, um, systemic errors and biases. We uh, we have uh, learned uh, a number of them, uh, how they affect human decision making. So IA uh, also outperforms humans um, AI, artificial intelligence, also outperforms uh, citizens in doing their tasks effectively. And here, for example, is the uh, case when we uh, talked about um, how um, uh, recidivism uh, um, is predicted, can be predicted with uh, vast information of uh, what big information, big data, uh, easily by artificial intelligence rather than humans. Um, uh, we will talk about how um, equitable decisions uh, can be drawn from there, but uh, in terms of uh, capacity of analyzing more information and seeing the relationship of multiple variables, uh, artificial intelligence is uh, way, much more, um, uh, way much more productive there and eff effective rather than uh, humans as we 
see-through multiple research. Um, as I have mentioned, um, there was another um, uh, criteria, um, which is uh, equity, and this is something when um, uh, the criteria means that uh, public servants uh, in using public resources should provide public services to everybody equally, but also uh, should redistribute their resources to um, to disadvantaged populations because that's their task. That's their one of the one of their tasks. That's what is government's uh, policies uh, supposed to to do. So in when it comes to equity, um, a little bit more concerns arise uh, in the use of technology because the um, because uh, the big data or the information algorithms are based on reflect and continue the errors and inefficiencies and systemic inequalities uh, in the societies we have created. They can't um, just fix that uh, by default by themselves. So if they reflect the same, so uh, the decisions based on this uh, um, the technology uh, will uh, have a higher probability to continue this unfairness uh, rather than uh, fix it. Um, and we should not expect that uh, um, big data to fix, um, um, for example, racial uh, bias in the data of, um, uh, of a crime, previous crimes, right? But, but we know that the uh, decisions that uh, to, we are to police more have come uh, from this uh, data in the case of Florida, when uh, Florida, one county in Florida was using this technology to allocate the policies. Police were more, uh, there was a higher where from where was the higher risk to come a higher number of crimes? Uh, but we know that the data was polluted by racial uh, bias. So um, overall, we we um, uh, concluded that it's uh, artificial intelligence should augment uh, humans' uh, um, uh, decision-making process, uh, not substitute them. Because com because uh, besides uh, all the um, all the uh, negative. Um, consequences I have outlined, there are some ethical concerns as well. So it sounds like uh, you frame this quite nicely, which is you're thinking about when you should use technological tools, artificial intelligence, other tools that can help uh, make decisions and kind of evaluating what is the likely impact across criteria that we might care about, right? Effectiveness, efficiency, and equity being kind of the three classic ones. You find that these tools can be very effective once they are trained on a task, and once they're trained on a task, they can be very efficient, and efficient meaning they can do it at a lower cost than the marginal next human, And that, but that there are these real concerns about equity, equity both based on the actual data that it's trained on having some ethical concerns, and also, which uh, we didn't really hit on as, as closely, but also the people who design the algorithms and design the technologies can also have innate biases um, or purposeful biases that cause the technologies to be inequitable and target mm -hmm. certain, certain yeah. groups, right? Absolutely. And at the tail end of your project, if, uh, if I see here correctly, you talk a little bit more about these ethical questions and ways in which, as we consider adopting technology, what further impacts it might have for ethical considerations. So could you tell me a little bit about what you talked about from the ethical considerations? Yes, so one thing we focused on was the ethics in the security verifications of implementing technology in place of human decisions. Um, two things we focused on, one being dehumanization and administrative evil. So technology is a common theme in the work on dehumanization. And so um, with administrative evil and that 
being that people can partake in acts of evil without the recognition that they're doing anything wrong. Um, you see the idea of technical rationality being that it promotes a scientific analytical mindset and a belief of technological process or progress over other forms of rationality. So kind of that, that trend in society. Um, some have even argued in the literature that we saw that the, one of the most powerful influences on thinking in realms and institutions such as research and government is technical rationality. And this idea of just like the, the ever-increasing um, progress in the, in the tech field. And, but as Marian mentioned, tech simply repeats the biases that are programmed into it, whether that be like by the people that program it or just innately, or they repeat previous and historical biases um, based on data. Um, and so one thing we talked about is is the dehumanization aspect of that, if, of handing that decision to a piece of tech versus a, a person who may be able to identify that. And we talked about um, kind of the decisions you're, you're seeing in literature on driverless cars, on if they're going to decide one thing or another, and like the value of human life. And you see that in the like historic trolley problem. Like, do you mm -hmm. switch the switch to save one over, over a few? And so we talked about like the automation of decisions and the reduction of constituents to data poses a real risk of dehumanization in decisions made by public managers. And so while it may improve efficiency and effectiveness of decision making, can it really be considered an improvement if it results in the or contributes to dehumanization mm -hmm. since public decision makers serve the public? Mm -hmm. um, and then another thing we talked about was the security and privacy aspect. Um, AI requires vast amounts of data. And so for order for public managers decisions to really be improved, especially on a like a large scale, uh, that would be considered a true improvement. It would require large amounts of data on constituents' public and private lives. And so then that increases the risk of breaches of hackers, misuse of data by who collect it, who can access it, and also like the risk of secondary use of data. So which data collected for one purpose is later repurposed for another and people just lose sight of their data. And you see this, Zachary mentioned too, is like you carry around weak AI, but I think even as a culture, we're starting to see there's ramifications of that security that we don't know yet and that we will find out later um, and that we are starting to see now. And so I think you see it as more frequently AI is used and progresses, cyber attacks can become more effective and more finely targeted and more difficult to attribute to people, but also more likely to exploit vulnerabilities in society. Um, and one thing that we talked about was smart cities. Um, the basis of smart cities is the use of information technology to integrate and manage physical, social, and business um, entities and to provide better services to the citizens that are more efficient and optimal for utilization, but do pose real security risks. And that can be that, you know, you can, you see it in smart cities in a myriad of ways. And you, there's historical examples of subways being reduced to systems and they are hacked or they malfunction and a car rams into the one behind it. And that happened in New York a few years ago. And so essentially by integrating control technology into an increasing number of civic functions, um, it, you introduce a single possible point of failure. Mm -hmm. And so for that, um, it just opens up for a lot of, of vulnerabilities and ways that you can interrupt services um, that can cause widespread panic, glitches, havoc, um, as well as you open up your systems to being prone to viruses, glitches, and, and the thing about technology is cybersecurity, perfect cybersecurity is an impossible feat. And while humans also have error as well, you just you have a whole realm of legal and ethical questions that come into play on handing over decisions over human lives through technology and the exploitation of that, considering that even in a changing environment, systems becoming increasingly interconnected and dependent on software and dependent on other systems, uh, it becomes more challenging to produce devices and infrastructure systems that are stable and robust and secure enough 
to really hand off. So those are excellent points um, and provide a nice counterpoint to all the potential benefits that we were that we were just highlighting. So given these potential concerns for security and privacy and dehumanization and harm being done, single points of failure, and on one hand, and on the other hand, potential benefits and efficiency and effectiveness. What did, uh, what did the group go with in terms of your recommendations to uh, public servants? Well, when it comes right down to it, the recommendations we have are fairly straightforward. Um, AI is a tool, an extremely powerful tool, but that only means that the consequences of misuse or misapplication of it are significantly more dire. No, um, any craftsman knows that there are a few things more dangerous than a tool that's being put to the wrong task. Except instead of talking about losing a finger, we're talking about, you know, feeding a country, national defense, transportation, or just everybody's social security number. Mm -hmm. um, so the consequences are vastly magnified. What we came down on is that at least until strong AI is developed, and again, we can't look past that, that singularity, uh, it's, it's a black hole, but at least until that happens, as long as we're still <coughs> dealing with um, weak AIs that are essentially labor-saving devices, um, devices for taking an action and repeating it uh, ad infinitum, um, to use that as a complement rather than a supplement to human direction. Uh, they are excellent labor-saving devices. They're excellent for data management. They make for excellent checks on human decision-making, a sort of safeguard to prevent someone from unilaterally making a bad decision or ignoring data and important factors. But they're very, very poor at making um, value judgments on their own. They're not very good, at least not yet, at innovation um, or reacting to unknown or unexpected circumstances. And all of these are places where you need a, a human or at least a sentient uh, inter input and, and director and, and partner in all of these things. So our, our final recommendation really comes down to that, that AI has been designed to complement uh, humans' failings, that we're not good at precisely replicating a single action or a series of actions over and over. We're not good at remembering large numbers of things. We're not good at thinking statistically or mathematically in general. But AI has not been designed to do those things that humans are naturally good at. And so where one has its failings naturally because of the way it's been designed, the other is strong. So we really need to make sure that we keep humans in the loop, that we do use these tools where they're best suited, but we can't afford to simply say, oh, AI will take care of this. We have to keep a person in the loop somewhere to be that directive and that innovative and that moral uh, aspect of whatever task is being assigned. Excellent. Well, I like how you treated this topic in a, in a uh, sizable amount of nuance. You talk about some of the pros and cons and um, really examine sort of what are the actual contexts and tasks and process by which it's useful to use these tools because they do have great promise but also some serious concerns associated with them as well. Thank you so much for your work. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.